Once upon a time, on a sad valentine, in a place known as Hannigar Mine. A legend began, every woman and man would always remember the time. And those who remained were never the same. You could see the fear in their eyes. Once every year, as the 14th draws near, there's a hush all over the town. Hello everyone and welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Trowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about My Bloody Valentine from 1981, directed by George Milhaka. bad time this time of year how many times is he gonna tell this story don't let him tell it i love fairy tales this ain't no fairy tale little girl if you don't take it seriously you're a fool (laughs) the first valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special You gotta get a lot of exercise if you're gonna grapple with Gretchen. Oh yeah? Well, I got a Valentine for her that she's never gonna forget. <laughs> right to the heart, huh? In this town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. It can't be happening again. It can't be happening again. What's going on over in Valentine Bluffs? It looks like Harry Warden's back in town. It happened once. It happened twice. Cancel the dancer, it'll happen twice. think i'm pronouncing that right uh your guess is as good as mine <laughs> but anyway happy father's day <laughs> oh happy father's day indeed yes that's why we're doing my bloody valentine ah no i didn't know it was father's day when i made the schedule i don't think there are too many father's day exploitation films though there might be one we may have to dig that up at some point I know. I didn't even know it was Father's Day till my sister took us out to dinner this week, and she gives my dad a gift. I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I'm <laughs> pulling out my phone, ordering one during dinner. <laughs> that same day, Amazon delivery. <laughs> yeah. Show up at the show up at the dinner. Here you go. <laughs> but my bloody Valentine. It's a pretty good slasher. It's from Canada, and it's quite Canadian. The whole movie. It, it's very Canadian. You do have a lot of the accents. Yep. It was filmed at the Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia, so we're going to pretend that this fictional town of Valentine Bluffs is in Nova Scotia. I mean, that makes the most sense. 
And it opens with these miners down in the mine. And that sounds like that song. Yep. Have you played Fallout 76? No, I have not. Uh, That one, it takes place in West Virginia, and you spend a lot of time in mines. That seems like I'm going to get hit by a dude with a thematic. Well, there's mole people everywhere. Goddamn mole people. Always (laughs) causing trouble. And your Fallout radio has the song that's like, it's dark as a dungeon way down in the mine. Huh. It's dark as a dungeon and damp as the dew Where the danger is double and pleasures are few Where the rain never falls and the sun never shines It's dark as a dungeon way down in the mine and that's what this mine is it's dark as a dungeon we have these two miners that sneak off and one of them starts undressing and it's a woman who this scene bugs me because they're wearing respirators for a reason right you'd think yeah and they do mention like there's methane in there and some like are we watching a snuff film are these people gonna fuck themselves yeah. to death and asphyxiate on the methane i just like to point out that the gas mask staying on makes this the least sexiest sex scene ever. It does. It's, like, unnerving, and, yeah, ew. And the other thing is, we learn later that there's no women allowed in the mine. Well, about that. So he snuck this woman into work, dressed up in all the PPE and the respirator and everything, to have sex? <laughs> well, not so much. Hey, baby, you want to throw on all of this protective gear and go fuck a, a mile below the earth? I mean, I, yeah, look, you're in Nova Scotia, not much else to do. But he doesn't have sex with her, he kills her, he, like, impales her against the wall, and there's some piece of wood sticking out. Yeah, I don't think he ever intended on having any sex with her. And it all feels so surreal that I was like, my note here is like, was any of that actually real? I know, it definitely is an odd scene, isn't it? Like, the way it's shot. And it's barely, barely ever mentioned again. Yeah, it's really not brought up again, is it? No. So, we get the miners all getting off of work with all of their toxic masculinity. They're so horrible. Yes. <laughs> and they're all showering together and making jokes. And we Classic learn... 80s homoeroticism. Yes, very much. And I put the, oh yeah, shower accents... And toxic masculinity. Yes. Because they're like, we're about to go to a bar tonight. Well, that sounded more Irish, but... Close enough. Actually, Nova Scotia, I think, actually has kind of an Irish sub-accent. Maybe it's Newfoundland. I don't remember. I'm not Canadian. I did a little bit of research on Canada for this episode to do the ads. Uh, and we meet one of the miners, TJ, with the dark hair, mm-hmm. who looks a lot like my bartender, TJ. <laughs> but not not as big a pussy as this TJ. The movie TJ is horrible. Until the end, does he man up? Right. Because he's apparently, he went out to California to make his fortune, but he fell flat on his ass. And so he's come back to Nova Scotia, and his girlfriend is now with his buddy Axel, which, what did you expect? You ran away to the West Coast and never called or wrote so wrote or anything yeah you know and he's all like butthurt about like why why didn't you wait well you, you left 
<laughs> Don't you guys have phones? And so they all dash out to the bar, getting dressed in the parking lot while this, like, hillbilly music plays. Now them Duke boys. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds and looks like. They're all getting in their cars, and it's this banjo is playing. And one of them, I put, is that most of a VW bug? Yes, I believe it is. <laughs> it was like a VW bug that they tore the back half off of to make a, a makeshift truck. And so they all go to the bar, and they're all horrible people. Such assholes, all of them. Yeah, apparently they're adult men, but, you know, actually that tracks. Yeah, they act like they're ten. Even that, that big old dude with the ginger mustache, that Wilford Brimley-looking guy. He's like the nicest of the bunch. He's still an ass, and we, we do have our, our practical joker in this because it is a slasher film. Of course. Who pretends to be a dead body when the uh, mayor and Mabel come by the bar. Ah, yes. And let's see. They're having their first Valentine's Day dance in 20 years. Right, because murders. Yeah, which they, they tell us a little later, but it also points out that um this movie starts on Thursday the 12th. Oh yeah, it does go over like the actual dates, doesn't it? Yeah, so there's a Friday the 13th in this movie. There indeed is a Friday the 13th. And so we, yeah, we meet the mayor, who's also TJ's dad. Right. He owns the mine or something. Yeah, he owns the Hanniger Mine is what it's called. He's an ass too. He is. He is a big ass, and he, he yells at all the miners like, He's my son, and he's going to work in the mine. Right. Another random note I have is that the radio station in this town is QPID. Oh, God. I mean, that seems like something that would they would do, though, right? Yes, because it's the town of Valentine's Bluffs. Your little local radio stations operating, like, barely within the town is going to use something stupid like that. Yep. I have here that uh, police chief is chill. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either, but yes, he was chill. He's pretty awesome. He's dating, yeah, I like him. He's dating Mabel, who runs the laundromat. Which, as soon as I heard that name, I, now I've had that Goldfinger song stuck in my head on repeat. Thanks, oh. movie. I was listening to that album on my way home from work the other day. Too. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. And so, the uh, backstory about the mine comes from our crazy Ralph bartender. I was going to say, is that, I was like, is that the guy from Friday the 13th? It's the same kind of character, not the It's pretty actor. much the same character. Like, legit the same character. He's just ranting about, this town's cursed. You can't do the Valentine's Day dance. They're all gonna die. And he gives us the backstory that there was 20 years ago a, um, a Valentine's Day dance. So everybody rushed out of the mine and they didn't really pay attention to these others that were trapped in there. And there was a methane explosion, and like five weeks later, they find they dig him out, and only one guy's alive because he ate the others. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you do what you have to to survive, man. Yeah, because it's been like five, six weeks, and they find him, and he's just all crazy-eyed and chewing on an arm. Yeah, I don't hold that against him. And the, the guy's name... God, what was his name? Harry, right? Yeah, Harry. Yeah, it's the most important thing, and they say his name like 8,000 times. Why didn't I write it? But yeah, Harry comes back to town every Valentine's Day to make sure that there's no, no dance going on. Oh, the other important thing, though, that actually plays into effect later is Harry just didn't go crazy in the mine. He came back to town and killed the, the mine foreman and stuff. Right, the ones that he blamed for responsible, who were responsible for the cave-in and shit. Yeah, well, they, they kind of are responsible for those people staying behind. Yes. 
Because they're right. just like, ah, they'll get up, whatever. Let's go party. Yeah, and that's why he, that's why he's, uh, that's why he's bad. And everyone has a good laugh at the bartender's expense. Because no one listens to the crazy dooms there. Oh, and I finally have my notes about names. Hollis is the mustached fuck. Is what oh yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. And Howard is the, the practical joker. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's see. They find the police chief gets a Valentine. That he thinks it's from Mabel, so he's, like, going off about Valentine's Day candy. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love it just as much as Christmas candy. What did Mabel get me? And he opens it, and it's a human heart. Yep. That's the uh, M.O. of our killer in this movie. Yeah, he sends human guts in Valentine's Day boxes. Well, he literally sends bloody Valentines. Yes, he does. And so they, they take the heart to the coroner, who... Yep, it's human. Yeah, he says it's it's from a a woman in her thirties. Like also up in the top of the like shelves and shit in the in the corner, there's just like random brains in jars. <laughs> yeah, and he's the one to ask, "What the hell are you guys doing with the loose heart?" I'm like, "You dude, you're you're literally Doctor Frankenstein. Like, you have brains in your thing. You are the vet from Dead Alive. <laughs> you are the vet from Dead Alive." Exactly. And so they're like, oh, looks like Harry Warden's back in town. Yeah. And you know that's a red herring. You know how these movies are by now. They, yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah. Right. They give you all the backstory of Harry Warden and that, uh-oh, he's back. So you know, oh, this Scooby-Doo shit, it's not him. Right. So the question is, who is it? Which is actually kind of interesting. And I think the movie does a pretty good job of... It does do a very good job of... Bluffing that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think it might be TJ for a bit? Yep. Because he's the outsider. Right. And he's the one that's kind of getting bullied, so he's got motive. Yeah, exactly. But we go back to the... Oh, no, we have Mabel at the laundromat. Rip. She carries in a a case of Moosehead beer, and I'm like, that is thoroughly Canadian. Yeah, it is. It has moose and beer. (laughs) That's right. And there... Moosehead Beer is uh, apparently the sponsor of this film. They are, because... They it's in, like, 60% of the scenes in this movie. There's more Moosehead Beer in this movie than there is J&B Scotch in a D'Amato movie. It's true. You usually get, like, one or two scenes with the J&B. This is, like, every scene is Moosehead Beer. Yeah, they just drink it like water every, every scene. But Mabel gets killed. And Sad. They find her later, and it's one of the best reveals because the True. police chief is going around the laundromat, and he can smell something. Right. And he finally – he doesn't even open that dryer. It smells like laundered corpse. <laughs> yes, and this cooked body falls out, and it's it's Mabel all, all cooked. I'm like, how hot is that dryer that it baked her like an oven? Yeah. Yeah, well – but then again, when your usual Canadian tuxedo is the denim jacket and the denim jeans, you need warm dryers. That's true. But we're going to stop real quick for a commercial. We'll be right back. Come listen, you fellers, so young and so fine, and seek not your fortune. In the dark, dreary mines. Hello, dearie. This is Miss Mabel of Miss Mabel's Laundry, here with some friendly advice about laundry and all the nice women of Canada. You're at the laundromat and just put your clothes into the dryer, eh? 
you'll spend the next few hours reading about Aki and drinking Tim Horton's coffee when you finally take your clothes out the dryer and they're not dry at all. Your ice skates are fine, but your denim jacket and your jeans are still soaked. Whatever will you wear to the Big Valentine's Day dance? Well, don't worry about that. Because Miss Mabel has you covered, eh? And we have the hottest dryers in all the Great White North and guarantee that your clothes will be dry. These things get so hot, up to 500 degrees. That's Celsius, not Fahrenheit, eh? You could put a human in one of these and in just a few minutes have a fully cooked meal for you and your friends. Oh, you could even cook a moose in one of these. So come on down to Miss Mabel's Laundry for the driest clothes in all of Canada. Surprise, one fall of the slate, and you're buried alive. And we're back. So the next day, they are, they're all, they go to work at the mine. There's some tension between TJ and Axel over the girl Sarah. Right, because TJ thinks he apparently still has ownership. Yes. Yeah, have we mentioned that TJ is a douche? He is horrible. And Axel is a Neanderthal. So there's that too. Because Axel's like, girl, mine. Yep, they're both shitty. And while they're fighting it out, the girls, you have Sarah and one of the other girls in this movie absolutely failing to Bechdel test. Yeah. Because all they talk about is TJ and Axel. But we also figure out at this point that Sarah is probably last girl. Yes. Well, she has a name. Right. And her position in the movie sets her up to be last girl. It does. And so all the guys... Final girl, whatever. Final girl, it's the same thing. Final girl, yep. last girl. And so they're all partying again. You know, that's what they do when they're not in the mine, is they go and they drink at the bar until Crazy Ralph throws them out. That's right. They work hard, they play hard. Yeah, and so then they just go to a junkyard and keep drinking, and that's where TJ and Axel have their random harmonica duet. Because reasons. They just, just start playing a harmonica song together for no reason, and then... They talk about Sarah, and about this time is when they find Mabel's body. Yes. With that hor- that wonderful reveal, and the police chief is like, she died of a heart attack. Tell everyone she died of a heart attack, when she so clearly is, like, gutted and burned. and So they cancel the, the dance. And they're in the bar. This is I like this scene. They tell him no party, and then they're like, hey, let's go have a party at the mine. And Crazy Ralph's like, assholes. And I'm yeah. like, they are assholes, sir. They certainly are. Like, somebody's going around town killing people and saying, don't have a party. So let's still have a party. That's right. Fucking idiots. Come listen, you fellers. So young and so fine. And seek not your fortune. In the dark, dreary mines. Hello. I'm going to tell you about Nova Scotia's hottest new nightclub, the Old Hanninger Mine. Located in the backwards town of Valentine's Bluff, this actual working mine has everything. Dirt, dangerously toxic levels of methane, a loop of Rick Moranis saying, Welcome to the Great White North, eh? 
a slow roller coaster, cave-ins, a pool table, a man that looks like Wilford Brimley giving women rides on his ginger mustache, share a very special Valentine's Day with your loved one, asphyxiating a mile below the Earth's surface as you dry hump in a dusty old coal chute. You might encounter ghosts or mole people, Canadian Cupid. He's like the regular Cupid, only he won't shut the fuck up about hockey and he's so insufferably polite. Just like every Canadian, eh? So, take your life for granted, toss away all that protective gear, and drunkenly tumble down into the old Henninger mine this Valentine's Day. Often come by surprise, one fall of the slate, and you're buried alive. We also have the horrible scene around here where TJ kidnaps Sarah. Oh, yeah. Bizarre scene. Yeah, because Sarah's just walking around town and TJ pulls up in his car and he's like, come with me. She goes, I don't want to come with you. And he goes, tough. And he just grabs her while she's kicking and screaming and puts her in the car and drives her out. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Drives her out to some cliff. And we get all the, uh, oh, you know, I made mistakes. I wanted to get back together. I'm sorry. And she's like, tough. <laughs> you know, you left for over a year and didn't call or write. You know, I'm with Axel now. Fucking man up and deal with it, TJ. It's about this time that I realized the kids need to get the fuck out of this movie bar. Yeah, they do. We go to the bar for a moment, but then they all decide to go party in the mine, which is a terrible idea. Also, at some point, there's a poster that just says balls. I, did, I didn't see the balls poster. I, I have no idea why, but there it is. There it was. So they don't take it with them to the mine. No. But they're going to go party in an active mine. I know, this is a terrible fucking idea. Like, even if there's not somebody going around killing people for Valentine's Day, that's the worst place to have a party. Everyone's going to die and get hurt. Yep. You don't yeah. need a serial killer. Rock falls. Yeah. Terrible fucking idea. Considering that they're all wandering around the mine without any protective equipment at all. Also, nobody's sober. Yeah, they are all drunk off of Moosehead beer. That's right. And just at this active mine with all this dangerous equipment. Good call. Good call, kids. Good call. But they do have a, a rec room at the mine that's got a, a pool table and a kitchen. Yep. They're cooking some hot dogs in the back there. Yeah, they're cooking the hot dogs. And so Crazy Bartender's had enough, and so he's going to pull a practical joke on them. And somehow he breaks his lock with his, his pickaxe, with his mattock, one-handed. Must be a really high-quality lock. Well, you know, that Canadian man, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I think it's just so cold, the lock is just, like, turned into metal splinters, and it just doesn't take much to shatter anymore. Yeah, and he goes into the... The shed, and he sets up like a dummy yep. with a, a respirator, so when you open the door, it jumps out at them. And he laughs about it for, like, ever. He keeps opening the door and laughing, opening the door forever, over and over, and he opens it, and the real killer is there and kills him. Yep. And he gets it, the, the kills in this movie are quite good, actually. Yeah, for 81, definitely, uh, well, this is, this is a theme that runs through... This particular pair of movies is that uh, it doesn't really pull any punches. No, um, he gets that pickaxe, goes through the bottom of his chin and out through his eye. Yeah, it's pretty pretty painful looking. Yeah. When this movie came out, they had cut like nine minutes of the film. Dang. 
because of the gore. Um, the version we watched was mostly restored, but you can tell what's been re-added. It's a little less quality. Yeah. So that's why when you get those really gruesome murders, it looks really shitty sometimes. Yeah. Not ch- didn't have a chance to finish it. And so we have the the mine party, and there's that goofy scene where um are cooking the hot dogs. Yep. And they find a, a heart in it. That's because uh, our killer decided to kill a dude by boiling his face in hot dog water and then putting his heart in the hot dog water. Yes, we we had that one random guy whose face was boiled in the hot dog water and then his head is in the fridge. Right, and nobody ever notices. Nobody notices. Like The guy opens the fridge, takes out a beer. Well, takes, these, out, takes out a moose head. Takes out a moose head, never notices this severed head in the fridge. While the girls are like, ew, what's this thing with the hot dogs? And it's this boiled human heart. Right. They're like, oh, that just must have been a bad hot dog. Throw it away. Gross. Like a really bad hot dog. It's a fucking human heart. I mean, we don't know what those hot dogs are made out of, though. They could be made from actual human hearts. We don't even know. Well, they're Canadian. They're made out of moose gut. Moose gut, yeah. Axel and TJ are... Well, no. Axel starts getting all handsy on Sarah. Right. And there's a literal record scratch as... (laughs) Yes, there is. (laughs) As TJ steps up, and they start fighting... And everyone, they, they kick Axel out of the bar. Well, the not the bar, the, the mine rec room. And I like how he just angrily opens that beer as he leaves. He just takes the beer, he's like, well, fine, fuck you. And he takes the beer and just snaps it open with one hand. And he just storms off, and the party is, like, dead. And how do they get the party started? Do you remember? I don't know, Howard acts like an idiot and snorts some coke. He's snorting beer. He snorts beer. He's like, hey everyone, check out this neat trick, and he just snorts up all this beer. I mean, at least he's doing his best to, you know, lighten the mood. He just puts a straw in the the can and... (laughs) So! I should have made an ad of that. (laughs) Oh, oh well. Snortable beer. Uh, But anyway, speaking of ads, we're going to stop for one quick ad here. We'll be right back. Yo, it's Swole Dag Swanson, here to tell you about this great new beer I found in the snow-covered wilds of Canada. You see, ever since my water park was closed down by the state of Florida for having gay dolphins, my crippled daughter and I have been traveling around the world. One day, while it snowed in Newfoundland, because I found it, we met the nicest toothpick of a man named Justin Trudy, who told us all about universal health care and shared with us a few pints of this wonderful, strange brew called Muscum Lager. Wow, that stuff is strong. It might be made with actual mooses. Lots of mooses in Canada. It's... is it mooses? Meese? The big antlered creatures with the size and strength of a million elks. I saw a trucker convoy on its way to Ottawa 
smack right into one of those big beasts. Goose just caught up and shook it off like nothing. You know, any beer named after a mighty animal like that has got to be some pretty potent stuff. So, come up to Canada and try Moose Cone Lager. I think it's actually just pure moose semen. Oh well, stuff is fantastic. Alright, and we're back. So we're at the point of the mine party where the couples are pairing off to go fuck in the mine. And one couple goes off, and they're making out, and the girl's like, oh wait, you know what we need? And he pulls out a condom, he's like, I got it. No, we need more beer. So, he leaves, so of course we know that she's dead now. (laughs) Of course. The killer torments her by dropping all of these clothes on her. Yep. All the, the... protective suits and stuff just dropping them all on her before he picks her up and impales her head on the the shower self-cleaning yes and then when they find her later it's all the water spilling out of her the eyes and mouth it's actually really neat looking yeah apparently that girl's name was sylvia i assume that's why i wrote sylvia there oh yeah i wrote bye bye young lady sylvia yeah. i guess I put, would be atmospheric if she wasn't so stupid. <laughs> well, the kid in a slasher <laughs> film. I think that's kind of like baseline. Yeah. Neat death. And then everyone else is, let's go in the mine. Let's go in the mine. Let's, you know, like, let's not. <laughs> I mean, TJ's yeah. the only one with sense of, oh, uh, no, that's a super dangerous place. And uh, my thick boy Hollis is uh, a little too nice and just is like, all right, fine. No, but he still takes them down there and puts them in the train. And Yeah, no, that's, he's too nice. He's too nice to all these people and puts them in the worst Disneyland ride ever. Yes, the slow mine ride. And TJ shouts that there's no women allowed in the mine. Right, because the sexist people suck. They'll go in the mine with Hollis and... He's got his girlfriend, Patty. Sarah is randomly tagging along. Right. Neither TJ nor Axel are here, but Sarah's just like, ah, sure, I'll come around and maybe have a three-way with Hollis and his girlfriend. Yeah. And they bring... I I don't know what she's thinking. (laughs) I think she's just mad at TJ and Axel and wants to spite them both. As she should be. And so they're all down there, no protective equipment at all, in this dangerous mine... And they're drinking beer in the mine cart, and they pass a sign that says safety first. At this point, I realize that the Moosehead advertisement is starting to work on me, and I want to know if it tastes like moose piss, which is my guess. Oh, well, it probably does. And so, you know, they all get down deep in the mine, and another couple wants to join the Mile Below Club. (laughs) Yeah, why not? But more gross people don't want to fuck in a mine. So is that the part where not Molly Ringwald goes off? Is that because one of the girls totally looks like Molly Ringwald, but not? I think that's Patty. Is that Patty? I don't know. Well, Patty's the one that is our second to final girl. Oh yeah. No, but we have this couple, and we don't see how they die. That's cut. 
<laughs> ah, good old killed off screen. Yeah, you you kind of find their bodies, but the way that they were actually killed is that they're they're making love in the mine, and the killer runs an auger through them. Oh yeah, you don't see the scene; we just see the aftermath of it, huh? And I'm like, that must have been a horrible death. I would have loved to see that scene. Did they ever shoot that scene? Yeah, they did. It just got cut, and that one wasn't restored. And we'd never have found a restoration of that? Ooh, man, that would have been something. Yeah. And so um, about this time, the people that didn't go in the mine find the head in the fridge, finally. Right. And apparently his name was Dave. But, oh, Dave, is that who that was? Dave's not here, man. Yeah, no, well, his head is. Because <laughs> um, we get this girl, Dave's dead! And so everyone panic, panic. Axel and TJ are like, we're, we're going to play hero and go rescue the people from the mine. Yeah, like Top Gun, they too have to put aside their differences. Uh, I think they just need to fuck and get it out of their systems. They do. They just needed a good old volleyball match. And, right. And they actually put on their PPE. Yes. Yeah, Axel and TJ know what they're doing. Well, yeah. They're slightly less drunk than the rest of them. And, you know, Hollis is showing them around the mine, and Patty or Sarah's like, what's all this stuff on the walls? Oh, that's lime powder. We put it there, you know, to, for this. And I'm like, yes, which is probably why you wear respirators, because you should not be breathing in that lime powder. It's like Iocane powder in, in uh, Princess Bride. He's developed immunity to it over time. Yeah, but not those girls. Yeah. There's a reason no girls are allowed in mine. They don't have the immunity to lime powder, apparently. And, you know, you get Axel and TJ running around trying to warn them, so Hollis wanders off to try and find the the couple that was killed. Yep. And he gets a nice death. He gets a nail gun into the head that doesn't kill him right away. No. Um, he stumbles around forever, just kind of brain damaged. Eventually ends up back with the other people, but... Too late. Yeah, oh, yeah, he winds up with him just in time to drop dead. And so Patty, uh, Patty and Sarah are climbing out with Axel and TJ, and so, like, the elevator's broken, the mine cart's busted or something, you know, totally contrived reasons to keep them trapped in the mine. And they're climbing up that big, big giant ladder. Mm-hmm. And Patty, who's doing this in heels, by the way. Right. Also, Low Angle Crotch Shop, brought to you courtesy of Drudemano. Yeah. She's the one, I can't make it! I, I, I can't go any further! And it's like, what? you have to, okay? You're, you know, you can't go back down, you'll, you'll die, you have to just go up. Just fucking deal with it, she was so annoying. And that's when they find one of the other bodies. Um, TJ pulls on something, and this body just falls down on a noose. Oh, yeah. And it snaps off the neck so that the head is just falling on them on the ladder as the body plummets below. I mean, that did happen in real life. Yeah. It would be so much force, it would pop the head off. And so TJ's like, oh, I guess we all have to go down now. Yeah. They're running around and, you know, Axel's behind them and they hear, like, rocks and splashing and they're like, oh, Axel's dead. Oh yeah, because that wasn't at all sus. No. Just this one little light at the bottom of the water. And so Patty is killed. I did not put how. I don't even remember. And so by this time, the people that weren't in the mine have gathered up the, the townsfolk. It's not just the police. You have all these townsfolk going down in the mine. A big-ass yep, yep. mob of cops and townsfolk. 
angry mob heading for the mine. They'll think it's Harry, even though we learn it's not. I do like that some of those kids did get, did get there and get the fuck out of this movie moment. Yeah, they fucked away from the mine off to back to Crazy Ralph's unattended bar now. <laughs> unattended bar. <laughs> and there's the slowest mine car chase ever. Yeah. As TJ squaring off with the killer on the mine cart as it's moving at, you know, three miles an hour. The speed of smell. <laughs> yes. You know, we get the... Sarah is running along, too, because she's our final girl. And we get the reveal of who the killer is. And it's Axel. Right. Really, really quick reason of his motivation is he was the child of one of the mine foremen that was murdered. And that he was under the bed and saw that his dad murdered. So he decides to do exactly what the guy who killed his dad did the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe he's very, very into, well, this is why it's our tradition to not have a dance, goddammit. <laughs> I guess so. My dad died, so we would never have a dance again. That's, that's right. I guess. I guess so. And so there's a cave-in that Axel gets trapped on the other side, and he pulls his arm off to escape. He, like, cuts it off with, like, a knife or some shit. Yeah, with like a Swiss army knife. He goes to full 127 hours on himself. Yeah. Then, But he's still trapped on the other side of the mine. And he just wanders off. Just fuck you guys, I hate you. Be my bloody valentine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just wanders. That's the end of the movie. Wanders off to die. TJ gets the girl now by default. Right, because there's like nobody left in the town. They're all dead. They're all dead. And... and- it's lame that TJ survives, he's a shitter, but I guess we were supposed to be cheering for him. And the credits roll on over this fucking song. The song's great. <laughs> like, not in an actual quality sense, but just a crack up. Yeah, it's like so bad it's good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, because when it starts, this fucking song, <laughs> <laughs> which is called the, the Ballad of Harry Morden. And it's like this Boggy Creek sounding song about Harry Warden and like his legend. It's like way down in the mine 20 years ago. And there's like. It's bad, but it's pretty amusing. (laughs) It's so bad. I'm going to put the song in this episode if I can find it. It's not like they released a soundtrack. That's disappointing. Well, no. This song doesn't deserve to be remembered on vinyl. Yes, it does. Sometimes off, pure awfulness needs to be preserved for for posterity. Well, this movie is preserved for posterity on the Internet Archive, which is where we watched it. Yep, don't use the HD button. It just makes the screen black. I learned that the hard way. Oh, I didn't even bother with that thing. I just like that their preview player is like the smallest little video player that you have no choice but to go full screen if you want to see a dance. That's true. I, I don't know why I have this obsession with trying to click HD on a movie that's older than I am, but there we are. Yeah, cause, I, mean, I watched Jaws 3 on H- in HD, and it still felt like it was 1983. It, yep. It probably made it look worse, honestly. I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but so, My Bloody Valentine, 1981. It is a good slasher. It is, um... An interesting slasher, because it is very tied to the culture it was created in. 
it's very atmospheric with the mine, which it was yes. shot in an actual mine. They actually utilize the mine very well in this movie. Yeah, which we'll discuss a little bit more <laughs> in the remake bonus episode. Yeah, the remake is the bonus episode. But here, um, the mine... They do a great job with the mine in this movie. It does create a nice claustrophobic environment that you need for this kind of story. And the backstory, not that bad. I mean, I kind of like the the setup, and I like that it is kind of a little mystery. Like, a lot of slasher films, you do have a little bit of that. I mean, it's the same reason, like, we liked, uh, for the most part, we liked uh, Sleepaway Camp was, it's this little murder mystery. Yeah, and this one has that too, because, and it's tossing out red herrings, like, oh, is Harry Warden really back? It is it TJ? Is it Axel? You know? Like, uh, the original, the not the original, the first Scream did that, too. Yeah, it's I like that about it. I did a good job with that. It did a very good job building it. Um, The climax kind of crumbles a bit. Yep. Cause, it's a oh, weak ending. Your characters just hit peak annoying at that point. Well, I don't mind. Sarah's fine. Like, like she's fine. Whatever. I don't have any issue with Sarah. She's got two really obnoxious boys that are interested in her. And she should probably just get the fuck out of Dodge. But, you know, you only have so many options in bumfuck nowhere Nova Scotia, I guess, right? Yep, Valentine bluffs. <laughs> Sarah herself seemed, seemed cool enough, but, like... But I'm T- still pissed that TJ had to survive this. <laughs> I know. TJ and Axel are so toxic. Axel at least is insane, right? Like, okay... He, he, you know, his brain got shattered because his dad was murdered right in front of him. Fine. He's an asshole, but he's an asshole because he needs, like, help. Yeah, we just have... TJ has no excuses. He's just an asshole. He's just an asshole, and, um... His dad's a dick, but that's not enough to make him the, the huge asshole that he is. And you did a good thing bringing up the, the Top Gun. They, they set aside their differences to put on the gear and go to work. I mean, the 80s is just literally that, right? Yeah. Homoeroticism, sexual tension between dudes, and, like, and then they have to work together. I don't know. It's just, like, every 80s. Like, Rocky Three is a good example of this. Obviously, Top Gun. Like, this was just the 80s. Oh, what's that other movie? The one that has the meme with Schwarzenegger and it's... Same actor as Apollo Creed. His name's Escape. Oh yeah, me. is this Pre- Predator? Yeah, with, uh, like, with Carl Carl Weathers. Yeah, Carl Weathers. It's like you son of a bitch, and they put their hands together and just big muscles. And yeah, no, there's definitely. Unfortunately, that sexual tension doesn't get explored nearly nearly enough. They needed a harmonica solo in Predator. It's true. Predator, incidentally, is still one of my favorite movies of all time. But yeah, it's, it's an '80s film. What do you want? Oh, did you see the trailer for Prey? No. Is that, that's a... It's, Amazon? Yeah, yeah, it's like a spin-off prequel. Yeah, I want to see that. I, heard, I saw that the other, I saw an article for about it the other day, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I totally want to see that. Yeah, that is, it does look awesome. And it's, like, the only movie that's um also filmed in a different language that's, uh like, an Indian language. I can't remember. Oh, that's cool. It was also done in Canada. <laughs> oh, that's right. The plot of this is he, the Predator comes, like, during 
Like Comanche Nation, three hundred years ago in seventeen nineteen. That'll be cool. I got a track. I definitely when that's out, I need to go watch that because that will be pretty neat. And it's this girl that's a Comanche hunter that squares off against the predator. Yeah, that seems fascinating. That'd be pretty fun. Yep, that one looks good. But but we were getting way off topic here. Indeed. My Bloody Valentine, there was something... Oh, so Canada. We're going to have a lot of Canadian films as we go through this show. Because in the 80s, Canada had all kinds of benefits to people that were shooting there. So if you needed to make a quick, cheap film, you did it in Canada. Huh. And Makes as long, sense. Yeah. And Canada would give you the money to do it. And eventually they stopped. So Canada... Can exploitation... Is bigger in the 80s than, you know, modern day. But speaking of modern day, our bonus episode next week, well, next, is in like literally 20 minutes from now. Right. These do release uh, pretty close to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, is the remake of My Bloody Valentine. And it was a gamble to try and do like the original and the remake as a bonus episode. Yeah. Because uh, it's. it's- I I felt like oh we're gonna do the same movie. It's not. It's not. It's a totally different movie. But it's well we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, any last thoughts on this the 1981 version? I like 80s slasher movies. It's good. It's fine. That I feel like a lot of these movies we get shitty characters uh, that are hard to like. That's Which the nature is, of the genre. I think that's one of the reasons that certain franchises have done more better than others, ironically. Like, this, the killer from the, the Miner is actually pretty intimidating, right? Like, you would think you could have been a pretty big, like, slasher villain. But, you know, why, why is Nightmare on Elm Street more popular? Well, I mean, obviously Freddy Krueger is very amusing, but the characters were actually likable. And, like, you root, want to root for the characters not just all die horrible, painful deaths, which is what was going on here. Yeah. Here they're all they, – you, you just kind of want them to die, and it, there's rewarding where it's like, okay, good, that fucking asshole's gone. This is uh, – of the slasher movies we've watched, this is the cast that has the most number of characters I hated. That being said, I still like the movie. I like the way it's crafted. Um, it's shot well. The kills are good. And the murder mystery is very nice. Yep, I do recommend it as well. Yep. I mean, it's a good good slasher film. But that was our episode on My Bloody Valentine, 1981. Hope you enjoyed it. Big special thanks to Charlie McMullen, William Wright, and Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Exploit, or on Instagram, at exploitatpodcast. Or contact us at exploitatpodcast at gmail.com. So join us for our bonus episode as we look at My Bloody Valentine 2009. Catch you then. Bye. (laughs) Once upon a time, on a sad valentine, in a place known as Hanegar Mine. A legend began, every woman and man would always remember the time. And those who remained... We're never the same 
you could see the fear in their eyes. Once every year, as the 14th draws near, there's a hush all over the town. 